Section 19 of The Art of Letters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Graham Scott, Cheltenham, England. The Art of Letters by Robert Lind. 11. Aspects of Shelley. Part 3. The Poet of Hope shelley is the poet for a revolutionary age he is the poet of hope as wordsworth is the poet of wisdom he has been charged with being intangible and unearthly but he is so only in the sense in which the future is intangible and unearthly he is no more unearthly than the skylark or the rainbow or the dawn his world indeed is a universe of skylarks and rainbows and dawns a universe in which like a thousand dawns on a single night the splendours rise and spread he at once dazzles and overwhelms us with light and music he is unearthly in the sense that as we read him we seem to move in a new element we lose to some extent the gravity of flesh and find ourselves wandering among stars and sunbeams or diving under sea or stream to visit the buried day of some wonder-strewn cave there are other great poets besides shelley who have had a vision of the heights and depths compared with him however they have all about them something of goliath's disadvantageous bulk shelley alone retains a boyish grace like david's and does not seem to groan under the burden of his task he does not round his shoulders in gloom in the presence of heaven and hell his cosmos is a constellation his thousand dawns are shaken out over the earth with a promise that turns even the long agony of prometheus into joy there is no other joy in literature like shelley's it is the joy not of one who is blind or untroubled but of one who in a midnight of tyranny and suffering of the unselfish has learned to hope till hope creates from its own wreck the thing it contemplates to write like this is to triumph over death it is to cease to be a victim and to become a creator shelley recognized that the world had been bound into slavery by the devil but he more than anyone else believed that it was possible for the human race in a single dayspring to recover the first intention of god in the great morning of the world the spirit of god with might unfurled the flag of freedom over chaos shelley desired to restore to earth not the past of man but the past of god he lacked the bad sort of historical sense that will sacrifice the perfect tomorrow to pride in the imperfect yesterday he was the devoted enemy of that dark spirit of power which holds fast to the old greed as to a treasure in hellas he puts into the mouth of christ a reproof of mahomet which is a reproof to all the carsons and those who are haters of a finer future to-day obdurate spirit thou seest but the past in the to come pride is thy error and thy punishment boast not thine empire dream not that thy worlds are more than furnace sparks or rainbow drops before the power that wields and kindles them true greatness asks not space there are some critics who would like to separate shelley's politics from his poetry but shelley's politics are part of his poetry they are the politics of hope as his poetry is the poetry of hope 
europe did not adopt his politics in the generation that followed the napoleonic wars and the result is we have had an infinitely more terrible war a hundred years later every generation rejects shelley it prefers incredulity to hope fear to joy obedience to common sense and is surprised when the logic of its common sense turns out to be a tragedy such as even the wildest orgy of idealism could not have produced shelley must no doubt still seem a shocking poet to an age in which the limitation of the veto of the house of lords was described as a revolutionary step to shelley even the new earth for which the bolsheviks are calling would not have seemed an extravagant demand he was almost the only english poet up to his own time who believed that the world had a future one can think of no other poet to whom to turn for the prophetic music of a real league of nations tennyson may have spoken of the federation of the world but his passion was not for that but for the british empire he had the craven fear of being great on any but the old imperialist lines his work did nothing to make his country more generous than it was before shelley on the other hand creates for us a new atmosphere of generosity his patriotism was love of the people of england not love of the government of england hence when the government of england allied itself with the oppressors of mankind he saw nothing unpatriotic in arraigning it as he would have arraigned a german or a russian government in the same circumstances he arraigned it indeed in the preface to hellas in a paragraph which the publisher nervously suppressed and which was only restored in eighteen ninety two by mr buxton foreman the seditious paragraph ran should the english people ever become free they will reflect upon the part which those who presume to represent them will have played in the great drama of the revival of liberty with feelings which it would become them to anticipate this is the age of the war of the oppressed against the oppressors and every one of those ringleaders of the privileged gangs of murderers and swindlers called sovereigns look to each other for aid against the common enemy and suspend their mutual jealousies in the presence of a mightier fear of this holy alliance all the despots of the earth are virtual members but a new race has arisen throughout europe nursed in the abhorrence of the opinions which are its chains and she will continue to produce fresh generations to accomplish that destiny which tyrants foresee and dread it is nearly a hundred years since shelley proclaimed this birth of a new race throughout europe would he have turned pessimist if he had lived to see the world infected with prussianism as it has been in our time i do not think he would he would have been the singer of the new race to-day as he was then to him the resurrection of the old despotism foreign and domestic would have seemed but a fresh assault by the furies on the body of prometheus he would have scattered the furies with a song for shelley has not failed he is one of those who have brought down to earth the creative spirit of freedom and that spirit has never ceased to brood with however disappointing results over the chaos of europe until our own time his greatest service to freedom is perhaps that he made it seem not a policy but a part of nature he made it desirable as the spring lovely as a cloud in a blue sky gay as a lark glad as a wave golden as a star mighty as a wind other poets speak of freedom and invite the birds on to the platform shelley spoke of freedom and himself became a bird in the air a wave of the sea he did not 
humiliate beauty into a lesson he scattered beauty among men not as a homily but as a spirit singing hymns unbidden till the world is wrought to sympathy with hopes and fears it heeded not his politics are implicit in the cloud and the skylark and the west wind no less than in the mask of anarchy his idea of the state as well as his idea of sky and stream and forest was rooted in the exuberant imagination of a lover the whole body of his work whether lyrical in the strictest sense or propagandist is in the nature of a book of revelation it is impossible to say whether he might not have been a greater poet if he had not been in such haste to rebuild the world he would one fancies have been a better artist if he had had a finer patience of phrase on the other hand his achievement even in the sphere of phrase and music is surpassed by no poet since shakespeare he may hurry along at intervals in a cloud of second best words but out of the cloud suddenly comes a song like ariel's and a radiance like the radiance of a new day with him a poem is a melody rather than a manuscript not since prospero commanded songs from his attendant spirits has there been singing heard like the hymn of pan and the indian serenade the cloud is the most magical transmutation of things seen into things heard in the english language not that shelley misses the wonder of things seen but he sees things as it were musically my soul is an enchanted boat which like a sleeping swan doth float upon the silver waves of thy sweet singing there is more of music than painting in this kind of writing there is no other music but shelley's which seems to me likely to bring healing to the madness of the modern soul for this reason i hope that professor herford's fine edition of the shorter poems arranged for the first time in chronological order will encourage men and women to turn to shelley again professor herford promises us a companion volume on the same lines containing the dramas and longer poems if sufficient interest is shown in his book the average reader will probably be content with mr hutchinson's cheap and perfect oxford edition of shelley but the scholar as well as the lover of a beautiful page will find in professor herford's edition a new pleasure in old verse End of section nineteen.